Chen during his uh, marathon press conference, the president also suggested that the next election could be illegitimate. Did he? Really? In advance? Well, wait a minute. I thought that was the big lie. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Anna Navarro, bringing the heat on election integrity, which until, well, two days ago was a verboten topic. That's what led to the insurrection attempt, which was then a coup attempt, which involved, uh, what was it, um, 71 police officers shot? Was that the, was it, no, 70 I don't want to, yeah, they didn't have, I'm just curious, maybe this is me, but did um, did Nancy Pelosi, did she go out and did did she, did she address the cops that were murdered in in Harlem? Because there was, because when, when Brian Sitnik died of a stroke days after the January 6th riot that the FBI helped foment, Nancy Pelosi said that that she loves cops and that and then Joe Biden they they brought the whole capital to a stop and and celebrated and said that Brian said so no so no she didn't nah she didn't because they're partial because the kings in their own head the judges in their own minds are partial. The January 6th riot, the lies around that, that's going to come out. It's coming out now. But again, if you line up the party, if you line up pharma, media, tech, academia, deep state, I mean, pharma's not doing much to stop the truth about January 6th from getting out, other than funding the politicians who keep the truth about January 6th from coming out. But it's starting to seep out. So what exactly does that, the series of lies and obfuscations about January 6th, what, and, and about so-called voting rights, what does this tell us about the party's schemes versus God's mission? And while we're talking about this, because it's so spot, on and and next door and it's I had a great email exchange um, over the weekend with a listener and I I do hope that uh, he continues to listen to the program uh, I think he will but we had a discussion that that's so I'm so reminded of that now as we sit here in this topic I don't bring that up on the show today he was really upset not upset I don't want to read into his emotions he took great difference with me. In my suggestion that if God chose to, uh, God could be fat or uh, God could be skinny or God could be toothless. He could be all these things if God chose to do that, choose, chose to do that. And he wrote me the kindest note. And it goes to partiality. It goes to partiality. Our partiality towards certain sorts of people and less towards others because God is very clear in the Bible for the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality and taking no bribe. Romans 2, 11, there is no favoritism with God. Ephesians 6, 9, there is no favoritism with him. Acts 10, 34, now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism. And yet, what do we see with the party? The creation of special people in every circumstance. Well, I uh, guess I'll be first in line to get my kidney transplant, given that I am uh, double, triple, quadruple vaccinated. Um, that's, that's, well, well, but that's why you need the kidney transplant. Well, still, I'll be first in line. Try that, sucker. I don't see you getting first in line. 
I didn't get injected because I didn't want to have kidney problems. That's what I'm talking about. I'm first in line. Wait. So they're creating these special, very special, very important groups across the board. And sometimes it's flat annoying. Wait a minute. How come Dianne Feinstein can trape through the VIP area of an airport to her private plane while pretending to be acting on behalf of the people wearing not a single woke mask, one not near her and still pretend and still be allowed to pretend she's a woke mask zealot? Why does that happen? She's a Democrat. Oh, well, forgot about that. Sometimes it's flat annoying. Sometimes it's flat criminal. Sometimes it's flat evil. And in point of fact, from the annoying to the criminal to the deadly, it's all one spirit. It's the spirit of divisiveness and bullying and power. It's the spirit that is opposite the spirit of God Almighty. It's the tendencies that are opposite those of God. Side-by-side analysis. You just go to favoritism. There's the annoying level of favoritism we've talked about. There's the illegal Horrific levels of favoritism like this. Julie Kelly is a senior writer at The American Greatness. Uh, she And I have a link to her book in the podcast here. So she gave opening remarks to a, a congressional hearing about the events of January 6th. Because you know that they are very interested in the full truth. Which is why they have not asked a single question about how many FBI agents were involved which is why they haven't demanded from the FBI a list of assets and agents involved. It's why they haven't asked a simple elementary question. Hey, FBI, since you had the so-called leader of the Proud Boys um, as an informant, since you were chatting with him via text as he walked into the Capitol, why didn't you just say, hey, let's not let them in? They didn't ask that. Hey, Nance, why did you decide to say no to President Trump's offer to have the National Guard there? Say, Mitch, you also didn't want the National Guard there. Can you explain that? Hey, while we're on this, um, who's this Ray Epps guy? And don't say that you can't answer. You're the FBI. You know who he is. And don't tell me a Senate body. You can't tell a Senate body who Ray Epps is. You could go secret. You could go dark and tell him. But let's not play that game. They haven't done any of that. That's illegal partiality. That's deadly partiality, potentially. I mean, they have people locked up around the country. I didn't know how many people were still locked up. Julie Kelly does. She's following this closer than anybody. Um, This is her and part of her opening statement. The whole statement is linked in in the podcast notes. Ms. Kelly, uh, I am very pleased to recognize you for five minutes. Thank you, Chairwoman Lee and Ranking Member Biggs. Chairman Nadler, and Ranking Member Jordan. My name is Julie Kelly. I'm a senior contributor for American Greatness. For nearly a year, I have reported on the inhumane conditions at the D.C. Correctional Treatment Facility, which has been set aside to detain Americans charged in the Justice Department's capital breach probe. The Justice Department has sought pretrial detention for at least 100 January 6th protesters, and right now, More than 70 men are incarcerated at prisons across the country awaiting trial. At least 37 of those men are detained at the DC um, Correctional Treatment Facility. It's important to underscore to the committee and to those watching that these defendants have not been convicted of any crime. Most have no criminal record and some do not even face violent charges related to their conduct on January 6th. Many detainees don't even have a court date yet. They have been denied bail because prosecutors insist they are a threat to society based on their participation in the Capitol protest and federal judges on the DC District Court have consented to the Justice Department's demand to keep them behind bars while at the same time repeatedly 
delaying their trials into the middle and end of this year. The original rationale for keeping the January 6th protesters separated from other from the general population incarcerated at the DC Department of Corrections was to protect them from more violent criminals. It appears, however, that the DC jail for January 6th protesters is more of a political prison for Americans who protested Joe Biden's election. And you can take that point and prove it's right up the wall, right up across a a huge skyscraper by stacking up all the people who attempted and succeeded to burn down portions of American cities, such as the people who testified against Kyle Rittenhouse, who have not yet been charged for themselves carrying firearms illegally as felons. You can take that example and you can multiply it by thousands and thousands of people. There have been spot There have been spot prosecutions. There are spot instances where some people have been jailed and imprisoned, and that's good. But you can take it straight back out to Seattle. For instance, there is no interest out there in who shot the child and the teen in Antifa stand. There's no news coverage. No one cares. You can go back many, many years ago, and I'm obsessed with this, the Antifa John Brown Gun Club member guy who shot up in an attempt to blow up a federal building, a federal immigration holding center. He tried to blow it up. He tried to kill federal cops. He was eulogized by the Seattle Times and the Tacoma News Tribune as a sad poet, a woman with whom I used to have a good friendship in in the media business. And sadly, I don't believe we're friends any longer, although I still love her in my heart. She was very shocked when I said, why are you on our news not calling him a terrorist? Why did you not call him a terrorist? And she said, it is never. Wow. It has never occurred to me to call him a terrorist. Why? He tried to kill cops. He tried to blow up a a, a government facility in an effort to change government, government rules. Right. You can go right down the middle with this constantly. The again, the, 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 the January 6th riot. Compare that to the logistically supported, legally supported. Do you know how much money it costs to logistically support riots around the country? Do you know how much money it costs to have lawyers out in the street? Cammie Harris does because she raised money for it. So that's a potentially deadly form of favoritism. In fact, it is deadly because Black Lives Matter Incorporated succeeded in getting cops killed. And when they decide to activate them again, because you think they're done. You think they're satisfied now that Joe Biden is, is in office? They're not. They're waiting for the next stage. They're engaged by other means now in the takedown of America. And again, you go to the partiality, you go to these judges, you go to the, the, just, just this alone. God will take no bribes. Deuteronomy 10, 47, the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality or taking no bribe. You go to the COVID monies that are finally coming out. And the way this is leaked into the media and no one has noticed. The party, pharma, media, tech, academia, deep state, all of them involved in this. The schools are paid to mask kids. We've known this forever. The schools are bribed to stay locked down. People are being bribed with their own money. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho just accepted federal money, which is, there's no such thing. Incidentally, federal money is the biggest shell game on earth. There's no such thing as federal money. It's a bankrupt entity and then some. But the city council in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho just voted to accept federal strings and federal debt and fake conjured invented non-money for so so-called covid relief which comes with the demands that you change the way you govern that you centralize that you do away with as many elected positions as possible that you appoint county czars and city czars and you let them do the bossing so that the, the, the citizens can go to board meetings and complain to the elected officials but the elected officials can say well that's the uh, that's the job of the uh, that's the job of the the truth czar and he's not elected and, and uh, is, uh, is, he's, uh, he's appointed for a 16 and a half year term. So you can take it that way. You have creation of special groups at every point along the way. Now, what do the special groups have to do to, be, to remain special? They have to serve the party to remain special. 
So Julie Kelly makes this brilliant speech or this brilliant statement. Her writing on this has been phenomenal. And here's another bit of the truth that's coming out. You can right now understand when you listen to this, if you have any news stations in in your city. Ready to find out? Here's the test. By the way, if you're a journalist listening to this, and please don't tell me journalists don't listen to this. I, I, I know what I'm talking about here. God is, God's been good. This is the truth about Ashley Babbitt on video. On video. Epic Times reports, we know this, that Ashley Babbitt tried to stop the attack in the in the Capitol speaker's lobby or the yeah the, the attempt to get into the speaker's lobby. We know that. Epic Times reported that last week. Here's the new bit. Now, Ashley Babbitt, who has been colored up to be a terrorist, seeking to break into the speaker's office to commit horrible acts of violence, the Epic Times now has Ashley Babbitt on video asking for backup. If you are a domestic terrorist, you are there to commit an insurrection, which you hope to fashion into a coup to steal the election outcome. You do not call for police backup. You do not beg people to stop attempting to break in. You do not intersperse your body between the people trying to break in and the object of their aggression. She did all these things. Do you have any news stations in your city? Anybody apologize? Anybody at King 5 News in Seattle going to apologize? Anybody at Cairo Radio in Seattle's morning show going to apologize? Nine the noon show? Anyone at Seattle Times? New York Times? WAPO? Is there an echo, 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 echo in here? There is... No news about January 6th unless that is the top story. It's Nicholas Sandman again. It's special groups again. It's separation again. It's favoritism again. And what is it? If Ashley Babbitt were black and had successfully broken into a police station. And let's say had successfully gone in and beaten the cop badly. The question would be, what drove her to that? The question would be, do we really need to be this against riots? Did they really need to use that much force on a small woman? Just to stop her from beating up a cop? Why didn't they shoot her in the legs? So you can go from the annoying. Nancy Pelosi doesn't wear woke masks. To the offensive. Why is Marjorie Taylor Greene paying $5,000 a day for not wearing a woke mask when no one else really wears them unless they're on camera? To the offensive? Why does Joe Biden get to call everybody a racist? Why is Hunter Biden not in prison? To the illegal and un-American? Why do Antifa and Black Lives Matter get to have massive funding and logistical support, but the January 6th riot, which the FBI clearly helped instigate and foment, or at least, yeah, they did help foment it. Why do they get to do that? Why is that treated differently to the deadly Why does Black Lives Matter Incorporated get to go out and kill cops? Why is that? Why does Susan Rosenberg, who attempted to blow up United States senators in 1983 with a bomb she successfully set off with her friends in the Senate chamber, why does she get to sit around raising money for a terrorist group? Why is that? 
Why will the D.C. media ask questions and, and some really good ones like Joe Biden? Why do people think that you're mentally incapacitated? Why won't anyone ask these questions? Well, I think to get into the Beltway media in that position and to be in the White House press corps, look, I think there's things that are unwritten. I'll, I'll tell you, I think, I think things are unwritten. I'll give you some examples of some unwritten things I think I'm dealing with. Oh, telling friends about the podcast. Uh, we've been emailing people, 10 friends at a time. Guys, I can't tell you how effective this is. Well, I can. Ha! The growth rate for the podcast is shot up. Since people begun telling their friends, this is phenomenal. And one of the other things, methods that we're using, and this is this is you helping me and and I get it. And I'm asking for your time. And that's an irreplaceable gift. I'm asking you to loan us. Hopefully we've heard value in that. One of the things we're also noticing is that when people send their favorite episode to their friends. So last week or this week, if you say, that's it, that's why I like this podcast. And, and God is using this goof, this, this goof, this circus clown, this rodeo, rodeo clown guy in, in, uh, in Idaho. And God's using him. And I like what I'm hearing. If you take one of the episodes that's your favorite and you send it to your friends and not, and I'm not saying on social media. I'm saying through an email, send it to them and say, this is really why I love this guy. I'd love to know what you think of this. We're finding that such a potent growth rate. So here's some of the unwritten rules. If you want to have mainstream guests on your podcast, there's certain things you don't say. You don't, for instance, say that the FBI helped foment and agitate the January 6th event. I'll defend that. I'll defend that all day long. I can do it with one instance. They had the Proud Boys leader on text as he entered the building. I can, I can see it right there. They knew it was coming. We know that. We know there were agents in the crowd. They won't tell us how many. We can, we can, go, we can go through this all day long. We know Ray Epps whispered in a guy's ear, and then a guy went and started to clear the barriers out and remove the signs that, that said, don't step here. But no one from the Capitol Police came along and said, hey, you're under arrest. You don't get to touch those. You who moved the sign, you're under arrest. And who are you, buddy? Who are you telling him to remove the signs? We're on you. We're, we're not going to have this. They didn't do that. They didn't do that by choice. They could have done it any time. They brought out the, um, the, the, the flashbangs against people that were not doing anything wrong, throwing them into a crowd of people just standing there. They did not do that against Ray Epps or the sign remover or the guy from the tall tower. Move forward, move forward. They didn't do anything about that. But you see, here's the, here's the little, little, maybe a little bit of a secret about how media works. If you talk about those things, you don't get to have mainstream guests, even guests that I've had on the radio show. I'm just, I'm experiencing this. People who used to call us back and come on the radio show, nah, not so much now, because aren't you a guy who peddles in January 6th truth, or uh, aren't you a truther in January 6th? No. No, what I am on January 6th is an observer. And it's very simple. The, 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 the COVID scam started with the PCR test. When I heard that what PCRs were and that the lockdown was tied to testing, just like all of you, I said, wait a minute. If you want more lockdowns, you do more tests. And then we learned about the PCR scam. That's it. Then I understood. There's no metrics here. This isn't being tracked. No one has a seriousness. This isn't an effort to stop a disease. If it was an effort to stop a disease, you'd have from the top CDC demands. We're going to use PCR threshold cycles of 25. We're going to do it this way. We're going to concentrate on the most vulnerable. Fauci would have come out and said, hey, listen, if you've got the following comorbidities, you're at risk. If you don't live your life normally, they didn't do that. They departed from that pattern recognition indicated none of this is about health care. And in the case of January 6th, the same FBI that can in five days travel around the country, arrest 700 people, find them on video with a month of warning that this, this thing was coming, saying no to extra cops, saying no to the National Guard, having informants in the crowd is the same thing. And the Proud Boys leader on text as they enter the building is the PCR test of January 6th. That's the indicator that it's fraud. They knew they didn't act to stop. They observed and, and people were moving the barriers and they didn't punish them. They didn't go say, you just molested federal property. We're putting the barriers back. You're done. You're getting arrested for the day. They didn't. 
double standards. You can go to the Trump to the Trump uh, inauguration and the violence there. There was no inauguration committee to figure out, hey, who are the people who burned down the um, the, the, the legal immigrants um, the town car that he fed his family with? There was none of that. Pattern recognition, treatment of special groups, special group creation. That's not being a truther. That's being an observer. The effort to burn down the church across the street from the White House while people were stacking ladders against the fences of the White House in an attempt to enter the White House where the president had to go to the safe room. There was no congressional committee on that. I don't know anybody's name in that. There has never been an effort to go arrest everybody involved in that because they were helping the party because the number one enemy of the party is your freedom. Trump was in the way of of them attacking your freedom. So that doesn't make trutherism. That makes observer. I'm observing facts and patterns and they're readily available for anybody to observe. But this is the tiny little secret. When you say these things, what happens is it gets back to the press rooms in D.C. And then they say, "Uh, Senator, I know you've been on with him before, but he's kind of fallen off the deep end on January 6th. And and, and this could sully you, sir. And we don't want you sullied. And and so we just think that uh, it's just just best not to respond. I mean, um, we just won't respond. And and, and by not responding, he he can just think that we didn't get the emails and and et cetera. And we just won't respond. And uh, or we could turn it into a scheduling thing, sir. It's very, very busy or, or we don't do podcasts or. There's a whole bunch of things. Now, I'm not trying to put on a victim thing here. I'm not trying to, you know, cast myself as, oh, poor Todd can't get interviews. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, the DC press corps. Guys, it's, it's known. It's known. Okay, it's known. It's a known thing. You don't go up to a guy's, you don't go up to a guy and say, your wife is so hot. Because you're going to get booted. It's known. You don't walk up to a guy and say, your wife is really ugly. You're going to get booted. You don't walk up to the boss and go, do you have any background in business? It's known. On the airplane, if you don't like the way the pilot's behaving in, 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 the, in the turbulence, you don't leave your seat, go up and knock on the door and go, hey, can we go down 3,000 feet? I see clear air on flighttracker.com. It's known. It's known in D.C. circles. You don't go ask these sorts of questions about Black Lives Matter Incorporated and Antifa. You don't. And your friends will tell you. Look, 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 go to this political story that I can't get out of my head. Project Cassandra. And I'm sorry if I mention it all the time. It's the most incredible story that has ever happened in my life in politics, except for the COVID response hoax. The president of the United States sitting there at his desk. The FBI, the CIA, foreign intelligence has a case prepared to arrest and indict, probably indict and arrest international drug dealers who also happen to be Taliban terrorists who have been smuggling drugs over, through, across, and under our southern border with narco terrorists working out of Mexico. And their product coming into our country has created and helped fuel the heroin crisis, the opioid crisis that has killed more people than COVID. And the president of the United States stops them from proceeding. Uh, 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 I, 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 I need to be able to say I got a, a deal with the Taliban. Uh, 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 don't, 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 don't arrest people. In a chilling move, President Donald Trump has interjected in a Department of Justice investigation of his administration by speaking out on Twitter where he said the DOJ is a clown show, a congressional inquiry is underway. Speaker Nancy Pelosi says this may be enough to impeach the president. Republicans are hesitant to comment. Mitch McConnell's office issued a tepid statement saying we don't want to talk about it. It's known. You don't go around asking these sorts of questions in the presidential, in, in the, in the Washington DC press corps. James Rosen does it because he's with Newsmax. That's why he got to ask the dementia question. Now they're going to dare 
Biden's people to, to kick James Rosen out of there. That's why he was so, uh, that's why he treated Biden as such a king and he pandered to him. It was very embarrassing. I'm so, I'm so grateful that he asked the question. It's a proper question to ask. I just, I couldn't genuflect that way to any human leader. Well, there's a day that I could actually, there's days back in the day I could have done that. Nah, not, not to politicians. It's still an honor to meet some people. Don't get me wrong. Absolute honor to meet certain people. Oh, we do have a new email service provider. And incidentally, people are writing to me saying, Todd, just use ProtonMail. I have a ProtonMail account. But but the difference is what we have to be able to do is send, you know, send five, 10,000 emails at a time, guys. And that requires an email service provider, number one, so that we don't end up bugging people. Number two, so we're not emailing too often. You know, number three, so that the emails are properly formatted so they're not a bother to read. You know, uh, top priority is making sure that the email list is secure, right? So all these things matter. So I, 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 I use ProtonMail for, you know, top secret stuff and I have other email addresses for less top secret stuff, but that's been solved. But one of the big things that we'd ask you to do now is make sure that you're on this new email list. It's not, it's, if you're already on it, you don't have to do anything. If you already got our emails, they're coming back. You don't have to do anything. You sit tight. We're going to be sending the emails to you. But if you haven't, show show MailChimp. Let's go to MailChimp and say, hey, you know what? Since you canceled our other email list, this one's twice as big. You know, right now, if we could expand the number of people on the emails by twice, we'd have a formidable email list. And by the way, we don't sell the names. We're not renting the names. We're not going to do that. This is about the show. Things we send you about the show or th- where places I'm going to be or events we're going to have. Just go to the ToddHermanShow.com. So let's review. Pharma, media, tech, academia, the deep state, that's the party. The party is creating special groups. They're creating favoritism. God does not favor favoritism. Acts 10, 34. Now, truly, I understand that God doesn't show favoritism. Ephesians 6, 9, there is no favoritism with him, meaning God. Romans 2, 11, there is no favoritism with God. And I could, we could go get more examples. Favoritism from the annoying to the un-American, to the illegal, to the deadly. And the party's doing it, setting up special groups and special circumstances. This is just, this makes me green with, with disgust. This makes me, I'm sitting in my home studio. You guys have seen a picture of this place, right? Did we post those? I was told to take a bunch of pictures of me in here. My daughter came in. My wife came in. One of them is black and white. And those always turn out pretty good. The, the cross of, of, of Christ behind me that my wife fashioned, made with her own hands. Beautiful, beautiful crosses behind me. Did you see those? I figured out if we saw those. So I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio and I'm prepping for the show. And I, I, I'm listening to this change. And I brought this up when Dr. Gina was kind enough to have me on Real America's Voice. I was bad. I did a bad job. I was ill-prepared. I didn't, I haven't done TV from home. And so I didn't even know to put the phone in landscape. <laughs> the producers are like, uh, you, you got to turn your phone sideways there, camper. Uh, uh, my phone holder doesn't hold it sideways. Uh, you're going to have to hold it in your hand. And so I'm, I'm holding, that's the big secret during that segment is I'm holding the phone against books. So if I looked, if I looked weird, it's because half the time I'm like, don't fall off. In fact, while I was on hold with Dr. Gina, I could just see the producers never have that clown back. What am I seeing? Uh, Hey, Billy, look at this. This guy's pulling books off his bookcase to set his phone on. Who put this guy on TV? Why is he on TV? And then I noticed during the segments, um, because I saw myself, that was really weird. Um, I've done TV before, but I saw myself looking to the side like, oh, no, I just got to look in the camera. I have more respect for my friend and colleague Jason Rancy does this all the time. I don't want to do TV, but I wanted to do Dr. Gina's show. I like Dr. Gina. I think she's very cool. In fact, I think her show is very important. What was I saying? Um, I'm sitting in this studio and I'm watching the change. This is what I brought up with Dr. Gina. Guys, listen to this, this special circumstance that they're setting up. Okay, this is another test. Do you have any news media in your town? Is your news media going against the the plans of God is no favoritism. 
This is mind-blowing to me that they get to turn on a dime and do this to their victims in the mainstream media. This is Anna Navarro, and uh, she's talking to Jenny Psaki. Jen, during his uh, marathon press conference, the president also suggested that the next election could be illegitimate if we don't pass voter protections. You've clarified that he was talking about Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 results. But as we speak, there are many, many state measures that would curtail the ability to vote and make it harder to vote by mail. There's 160 big lie loyalists who are running for statewide positions that would give them a authority over our elections. So without reforms, why should voters have faith in the legitimacy of the next election? Well, voters should be eyes wide open and clear-eyed, and this is what the president was getting at the other night, that people are trying to make it harder for them to vote. Now, there's all the things you said, all the nefarious things you said, but also there are things like, you know, if you're a mom and you have three kids and you're, dry, and you're trying to vote and participate in the election, why not have more places where you can drop off your ballot? Why not have more days where you can go exercise your right to vote? You know, there are things like that that, uh, that a lot of states are making it more difficult. So what the president was trying to convey is we need to be uh, clear-eyed, open-eyed, educated about what our rights are. We have doubled, the Department of Justice has doubled our funding uh, and support for voter protections across the country. The Democratic National Committee will be doing a lot of work out there. And that's not what Biden said. Biden said the next elections might not be legitimate. So it's okay to, to doubt them in advance. When do you remember this? I'm Grim Milestone live from New York City. Shockwave sent through Washington, D.C. this week as President Trump was asked if he thought the next election would be legitimate. And he said, and I quote, we'll see. We'll see. I think we're going to be okay, but we'll see. Russia, you know, not them, but Pelosi, we'll see. D.C. sent in the shockwaves. I'm Grim Milestone. See, they're setting up special circumstances. Well, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> look, look, guys. Let's have a talk, you and I now. Come on over here with Uncle Todd. Now listen. When you're setting up a royalty, what good is a royalty if you don't get to be royal? If you're going to have a system where some people are on top and some people are on bottom, you got to show people what it's like to be on top. you got to let them know you can do whatever you want. This place is yours. Um, <laughs> I'm reminded... Man, I'm reminded of a savior. The savior. Who, man, he could have been on top. He, he got to choose when to be born. And into what family. Into what era. With what income. In what city? And he chose the armpit of the area, a teen mom, a teen dad, and no one was going to believe the mom had not been screwing around. And then Though he could perform breathtaking miracles, you know, he didn't walk into Herod's court and say, Hi, I'm God, and now I'll prove it. And turn Herod's turn Herod's castle into a grape vineyard. See, I'm God. Worship me. He could have said, 
you know, all the Jewish people you've killed, watch. watch. Hey, Herod, 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 watch. Herod, Herod, look, this way, this way, son, look. Watch, watch the graveyards. Wake up, sleepers. And they would have awoken. And stones rolled away. And then turn Herod and go, what do you think? Want to worship me? He could have been on top. He could have had special groups. And yet when his disciples said, Lord, Lord, which among us will, is first? Which is our best disciple? And, and, and Jesus the Christ turned and said, first must be last, mass must be first. Even the son of man has come to serve, not to be served. Am I getting better at communicating the degree to which the party is inverse to Jesus the Christ? Am I getting closer to that? I mean, this is all very new to me. Doing And, and by the way, <laughs> I so appreciate you guys sticking with me through this. And rating the podcast highly, that's big. We have um, some new advertisers coming on. And one of the best decisions ever made was to hook up with Dave the Digital at Greenhaven Interactive. Dave and Julie are are a person who works on social and email for us. Incredible, incredible soldiers for this program. Dave the Digital runs Greenhaven Interactive. He is a conservative Christian in the technology business. That in and of itself makes him very, very unique and very special. And his skill level is incredible. Our Google, the ownership over our name now on Google is so impressive. And there's another guy. I got to think this dude hates me. Um, There's this other guy. He writes books. um, It's something about the imposter syndrome. I'm sure it's very good, by the way. But he works really hard on SEO and then... (laughs) Here comes Dave the Digital and whoops, um, Todd Herman, the radio host dash podcaster owns that again. And it took Dave, oh, I don't know, a month to reposition ourselves. And there's still improvements we'll make, you know, but, but it doesn't involve, it doesn't involve giving Google a lot of money at this point or any. See, search engine marketing is one thing. That's where you give Google or other search engines money. You can't really do search engine marketing without giving money to Google. Search engine optimization, on the other hand, is taking your business and making sure it's findable in the right ways. So, for instance, if if you've been digitally doxxed or attacked by the left because you are a conservative Christian company, they can go through and rate you lowly and, and put up a bunch of bad results. That's called Google bowling or Google bombing where they bomb your results and, and Google bowling is where they knock down your top results. And Dave, the digital understands all this stuff. He can get your business in the right position with Google, right? Through search engine optimization. So simply go to greenhaveninteractive.com and tell Dave, your listener to the podcast. And since he works on the podcast, that'll mean something to him. And we've had a lot of listeners to this. So uh, listeners do this and they're very, very happy. Let me wrap this way about favoritism and about what the party is doing. The party is making it very, very clear. The people on our side can do whatever they want, whenever they want, with no punishment, no limits. And guys, that is intoxicating. Ah, boy, do I even want to say this? I reached a point in high school where I was... Maybe, well, yeah, I mean, at least top five most popular kids. Maybe, I mean, I was voted class speaker. And I want to be super clear. I wasn't the, the I wasn't the chick magnet. Um, no, my, my friends, my friends had all the girls in love with them. That, that was never my, uh, my bag. That didn't happen until later when I met my wife. Now, well, she's my wife. See, see what I did there? Beautiful wife. I could affect parties. There was this, this, there was a, a, a girl who started a vicious rumor about my sister and I and the way we grew up and our parents and it was vicious. It was awful. And, and we hated it. My sister and I just, why would you say that about our parents and our own life? And, and so I held this grudge all these years and, and senior year, 
one of a, a girl that I quite liked pulled me aside and she said, I want you to know, and I won't say this, this woman's name. I want you to know that, that, that blank is crying in the car. Cause she can't come in. I said, why is she, why can't she come in? Because you're here. Oh, because I'm here. She can't come in. Right. Because she knows you hate her. I said, so because well, she, she, she knows if she comes in, you're leaving and then everyone's leaving with you and you're going to, and she's, and she'll be blamed for destroying the party. And so I, can she just come in please? And I said, Heidi, I want to talk with her privately. Now, do you see the power I had? I, but it said, I didn't know I had that power. <laughs> I'm pretty glad I didn't know I had that power. We went into the garage and I believe the spirit of God was with me because I said, I said it in a, I said blank. I was so hurt by what you said about my family and my sister and how we were raised. I was so hurt by that. And I don't think I've ever forgiven you for that. And she cried and I didn't know you still remembered that. Remembered it. But lady, I lived it. I was really, really wrong. And, and the crazy thing was, I was really, really close friends with her sister. And I said, of course you can come into the party. I'm surprised that, that, that I even could keep you from coming in. Of course, will you stay? Will you stay? Yeah, I'll stay. Can we walk in together? Do you apologize? Yes. Oh gosh, yes. So we walked into the party together. And you know what? I don't think anyone noticed, but, but Heidi. So that you could do anything, man, that, that, that's, that's so intoxicating. And God's lack of favoritism. This is what drove me to make a comment last week that really bothered a really loyal listener um, named Tom, Tom Law. And he sent me this note and it's, it's really, he, he really defended his point of view. Well, we had an exchange about this and I had said last week that I don't body shame because I believe that God, if God chose to be fat or skinny, God could do that. And our physical concept of God, right? Christ Jesus is one thing. I mean, Jesus took on human form. He walked among us. He chose a form that he, that he wanted as God. And uh, I have no reason to believe that Jesus was anything but either normal looking or, or good looking. I have no reason to believe otherwise, right? No reason. And I've also heard and read things that would lead me to believe that God doesn't have favoritism in this way. And Tom wrote this beautiful note. I said, Todd, you've seemed more angry and emotional yesterday in today's first hour. You even noticed it yourself today. I also heard you say that God could be fat, skinny, have whack teeth, etc. Ah, what? God, our father is perfect, period. The Lord, our God, as the perfect person, perfect God, perfect everything. He has no flaws. So if he's perfect and has no flaws, why would he show himself as fat with bad teeth? When he was here on earth, he was in a perfect human body. The one reason, main, one main reason we look up to God, our father, is because he's not like us. We're flawed, not him. Here are some of his attributes, Philippians 4 through 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this is just a small list. There are more listings of God's attributes in the Bible, but this is a nice list of God, my father. He is not fat or skinny with bad teeth. I'll be praying for you, brother Tom. Man, I just love that so much. I love Tom's love for the Lord our God. And here's my point. God has no favoritism. God does not play favorites among the fat or the skinny. Among people with lacking teeth. God does not play favorites. And the Lord, our God in Matthew had said, and Tom and I discussed this and Tom said, but Todd, you're talking about Matthew was speaking in the future tense. Yes, he was. And he said, you will say, now I will say I was in prison and you did not visit me. I was hungry and you did not feed me. 
I'm paraphrasing. And, and, and you will say, but Lord, when did we see you in prison? And when did we see you hungry? And I will say, I tell you, as you treated the least of these, so you treated me. You treated me as the least of these. God Almighty, I don't believe, looks at physical attributes and says, imperfect. I don't think he looks at a fat person and says, imperfect. I think he looks and says, sin problem. And all of you, come to me. Let's, let's, let's make you righteous because I love you. Skinny girl, I love you. Fat man, I love you. You lost your teeth because you took drugs for a long time and they fell out. I love you. You smoked a bunch and you got yellow skin. I love you. I love you so much. Come to me. Be refreshed through my son. Be reborn through my son. The parts of you that are imperfect are the sin problem. I need, I need to work with you to, to get rid of all of that so that you can come home and be in my family. And so my, my, my point to my brother Tom is that, that I see no indication in the Bible that God considers physical attributes as perfect or imperfect. After all, God created the tall and the skinny God created people who have a tendency to be fat. <laughs> the, I, I see nothing to say that the apostles were all physically perfect. Normal. There are those that would say that the sexual sin on Mary, uh, Mary, um, Mary Magdalene, not, not Mother Mary, on Mary Magdalene, would have made her permanently imperfect. So while the party plays favoritism and sets up favorite classes who can do whatever they want, God says, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And then you'll have the desserts of doing whatever you want, unless what you want is me. And if you want me and you ask me to enter your life, I will come in. And if you fully accept me and you fully accept the Holy Spirit, stand back because I'm going to change you. I may not change the way you look. Man, I'm going to change you inside out. You're going to be a new being. You're going to be family. This is the Todd Herman Show. We sure do appreciate you sharing the program with people. Now, please do go be well, be strong. Be kind and, of course, be right with God.